shit, bro. Fucking, I'm real happy that that we could finally get this done. I've been trying to get you on yeah. an interview for a grip now. Right, right. Yeah, for real. Yeah, and I got I got put on to you. You were already cyber. It's 2019, probably like end of 2019. And I got put on to you because like um like the podcast shit for me had just really started like get moving and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And hella people were talking about you. Like hella people were talking about you. And now I started really listening to your music and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh shit, like he low-key like influenced a lot of shit that like I've been listening to like right now. Like I can hear it in like a lot of people's music, like a lot of artists coming out of like where I'm where I'm at right now, like Charlotte, where I've been the past few years. Um a lot of people on underground, I'm like, yeah, and I can kinda like I can low key like hear the influence too. Like I didn't really pinpoint it before, so people were saying like when they were talking about you, they weren't just talking about like your music. They were saying like, Yeah, this man was kinda like made me want to start like doing doing this. So right. I, I got I gotta get hip and I gotta tap in. I think it was Wendigo, he's a producer, he makes beats. Word, um, word, I've heard of. Uh, Spider Gang and Lil Darky and all them, like yeah. makes beats for them. And he was like, "Yeah, Cyber was like, I was listening to him early, and then this dude from Charlotte, Mozzie, had mentioned you. Mm. And then there's a, I don't know. I just started list, tuning in on that, and then I'm like, yeah, I can kind of like high key hear like how you guys were influenced by him. But yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, I don't even know what interview number this is. We're close to 50 now. But okay. That's thank you for coming on and thank you all for tuning in. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at KULT Classic Official. Check out the website, KULTClassicOfficial.com. And then hit me up at B-O-B-B-Y-D-E-E on the beat. And yeah, well, shit. Um, so one major thing I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. is how would you describe your current sound? Because I know there was there was a huge thing where you kind of started to change your sound up a lot. Yeah. You released the whole project like I don't I don't have to scream anymore, get off my dick or suck my dick or something like that. Um. So how would you describe? Because Anti World Two just dropped. Yes. So how would you describe like your current sound now? Uh, I describe it as like emo groove. Like emo groove. I fuck with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's very more funky now. It's more funky now. There's lots of pop elements within yeah. it. And I'm just like trying to go that way type shit. The mill, the mill's probably, the, the mill's a perfect example of that, definitely. Yeah. My boy, bro, my boy, <laughs> he came over here. My boy, Key's pissed he couldn't make this interview because he really wanted to talk to you too. He fucks with you heavy. Um, sure. He, he would have stopped singing the mill. <laughs> like the past two weeks every time I see this man oh, yeah. he won't stop he's run up the bill he won't stop he just randomly humming that shit um emo groove is is fire though definitely yeah um, like what was that what were you gonna say like, cause like with uh, with that I didn't know what sound I was really doing or going after so I looked up pop synth pop pop punk i was just going through all these different little genres that they have for this shit and i listened to one and then i was like nah that's not what i'm trying to do and then i listened to another and i was like okay that's that's kind of like what i'm trying to do yeah yeah it's like it's kind of like 
it's kind of like the growth between like if we gonna go back as far as anti world one. I know he released shit before anti world one, but yeah. um, if we're going back and we're using anti world one and two as an example, it's almost like the growth in your sound was very gradual. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's kind of like because I I listen to anti world two. I've listened to it probably like five or six times through now. Um, and then going back and preparing for this interview and, you know, going back and listening to all your old music again and stuff. I'm like, it's, it feels like between like Interworld 1, Netgear, King of Enigma, like Torture, they all have like kind of different sounds to them, but you can kind of see how listening to Interworld 2, like they all kind of like, yeah. Yeah. What what made you want to change your sound overall? What made you kind of go like towards this, uh, this emo groove? So... It was definitely back in 2019, really, really the the end of 2017, the end of 2017, when I first changed it to Cybrid. And I noticed that I still have a love of trap music. Like me and my cousin Kid Beast, we used to listen to Juicy J together, Um, like all these trap artists, Waka Flock, The Wooda Kid, and then like, I got kind of stuck in just rapping all the time. And I was rapping so fucking much that each project I put out, starting from late 2017 up until sometime in 2019, it was just like rap, 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 rap. And I was like, fuck. Because I grew up not even listening to rap all that much. Like, it was everything literally a mix of everything gospel country rock like like all these different things like jazz like complimentary classical and folk and all kinds of shit so it was just i was like essentially doing myself a disservice by only just pumping out so much rap shit like and it wasn't like i was challenging myself either i was just like going through the motions and just like, okay, yeah, okay, I'm going to write the 16 instead of like really paying attention to what I was doing. So yeah. I was kind of like saying shit as opposed to like kind of coercively or cohesively. Yeah, like, like it was not together. really coherent at all. It was not yeah. coherent at all. So I just made a decision to just, just go on a different path or something like that. And not even to say that I'm going to just go from rap to now this funk stuff. And I was like, nah, nah. So it's like, it's going to be a mixture for real. It's just going to be more trap in the future and all that type of stuff. I just wanted it to be something coherent and something that I could really paint to, something that I could really paint to. Because with rap, I have to come up with punchlines, like references. And I'm not really good at references, like especially with sports and shit, because I don't watch that. So like... It was just like all these different factors that maybe made a decision to just branch out into different genres. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like, um, cause I mean, as an artist, like even from the beginning, you've kind of been hard to like pin down and like box in, you know what I mean? To like a certain genre and stuff like that. Do you feel like for most artists, like it's kind of hard to get, to go outside the box cause you know, especially, yeah. you know, you had kind of that backlash, too, with your fans, and you, yeah. you expressed that, you know what I mean? Like, yo, this isn't what we want to hear type shit. Me, personally, I think you've gotten better. I like the newer music a lot more. I think it's a lot more mature. I think it's, you know, a lot easier. It's, a, it's more, it's easier to digest, if that kind of makes sense. Right. It, right. Like, 
um, it, it definitely like I just I enjoy it more overall. So do you feel like it's kind of hard to break out the box as an artist? Um, I would say for me personally, it's not that difficult to get outside of the box because of how I grew up with music. Yeah. Uh, like that just helped me like know how each different genre is structured and how to just, just learn the basics and then you can move forward with that. All you gotta do is like just take the time to learn each different thing that you're trying to do and then just execute on that. Yeah. Learn. Yeah. So you, you said you said like you said growing up, like you was heavy, um you were really listened to like everything. Was that kind of like what your parents were playing or like family members? It was, playing definitely, it was definitely my mom. My mom. Yeah. And then you started to get, what's, when do you start to get into like trap, trap and shit? Cause I know you said, I've listened to your previous interview. You said you were heavily influenced by like trap to like really start making music and stuff like that. Yeah. That um, was probably around middle school, middle school. Like I would say 2007, 2008. 2009 ish, yeah, around that time. Yeah, that's when, uh, that's when me and my cousin used to go to the print shop in my church. It was like this little room with computers and shit. We'd be going on FL Studio on that, and uh, we just listened to like all these trap artists, and then that really set the foundation of my production because I started out producing, so it was. That that was the base, and then it just everything just clicked. Was that kind of you discovering music on your own for the first time? Because like you yeah. was influenced and listened to all this stuff, other people, and then yeah, that's that kind of like you. So you yeah. said you got into produ- you said you got into production first. So wait, are you landfill? Yes, bro. I was hella fucking confused on that. <laughs> I was so confused because I heard I hear. I was literally just saying this the other the other fucking day when I was going through people I want to interview. I'm like, oh, I talk to this landfill guy because here's tag fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh shit that I listen to, I just hear landfill all the time on this music yeah. we're fucking listening to. And then, like, I don't know why how I didn't figure this shit the fuck out before, bro. But then I'm just doing research on this interview. I'm like, hold up, wait a second. <laughs> so I was I was go, going through your SoundCloud and shit, and I don't know. I'm not gonna say how I've, I've been completely off SoundCloud, but the mm-hmm. past few years has definitely been more like Spotify, like listening. And I'm gonna watch your video on YouTube and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, like yeah. I was just going through SoundCloud and it said Pride Landfill on there, and I'm like, hold up, wait a second. So that's funny as fuck. <laughs> um, so you said you and your cousin got you an FL Studio? Yes. Was it, was it always like, were beats always the mission first? Or did you know you wanted to rap and make, do Beats both? were the mission first. They were definitely the mission first. Cause like, I didn't look at myself as having that cool of a backstory or something like that to rap. So like, I just didn't do it for the first four years of producing this stuff. And, um, shit like it just i was just like fuck it let me do something i'm just gonna it was started out as like kind of self-deprecation rap and then uh and then i grew from there mm. yeah got you got you so like you, you were in middle school you started listening to trap music with your cousin 
um it like so what where was the connection you see he said this was this the same cousin that put you on fl yes fl studio yeah so like was it was it what was what kind of like was the catalyst for like all right we're listening we're discovering all this music like you know i want to try it like mm-hmm. what kind of happened between there you just because there's always there's always a moment i found for every artist especially people i interview there's a moment where we're big fans of this music shit and then all of a sudden, boom, we're going to try making it. I just kind of want to know what kind of pushed you over that line or I'm going to start making shit. Um, it was either just, it, it was it was a mixture of, damn, I need to start doing something if I'm trying to do this. Because like selling beats at the time, it wasn't that crazy. I didn't get that much money off selling beats. Like, I had all these thoughts of what I wanted to do. And then my parents were like, okay, make a business plan, make a business plan. And then like the the moment I was like, fucking let me do this rap shit was in, in high school, there was this other rap clique in there. And um, me, Leon's Wolf, we would um, like, we would just be fucking with them because they were fucking with us with our beats and it came a point. It came to a point where they were just like simply using us for beats and nothing else. Like they didn't want our input or nothing like that. They like we we gave them some shit. And they they like they either broke it or didn't give it back. So it was just like all this different shit that fueled the fire. It was like all right, fuck it. I'm just rapturing myself. And then like I was thinking like okay, maybe maybe I can make a living from this thing. And yeah. Started like, uh, yeah. So like, cause we're the same age, and I started making beats. I wouldn't say the same time as you, but it was probably a few years after when I started making beats and shit. Mm-hmm. We didn't grow up in like the tutorial era. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you couldn't necessarily just go on YouTube and find, you know, every tutorial yeah, it, and stuff especially like that. especially for trap beats and stuff. Yeah, like, I would look at tutorials for how to do a certain function in FL Studio at the time. Mm-hmm. Like it was always those type of tutorials and stuff. It was never how to make this sounding type. Exactly. Type deal. exactly. So what was, what were those? Cause even like, I, I, I still, I do watch tutorials now still sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's just like, I feel like I benefited kind of at the same, well, nah, growing up in the tutorial area, I would have learned beats quicker, but at the same time, I'm able to pick out which tutorials are good now. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I hear a story, I watch a story, I'm like, nah, that advice was garbage. Like, you should not do that. <laughs> right. But, like, so what was it like, you know, teaching yourself how to make beats without, you know, really, you couldn't just go online all the time and, you know, figure out how to make this type of sound and this type of sound. What was it like learning to make beats? What was the process for you, like, before you really felt like you got to a place where you were consistent with it? Well, it definitely started out with hell of a trial and error period it was like hella trial and error like seeing where the claps fit seeing where the kicks fit and and then the melody part um but i feel like i don't know how i i've gotten crazy with melodies i think it's just something innate so like like i would just listen hear it in my head and like versus what I hear on the radio and then just trying to alter that. So 
it sounded more natural or original or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, over time, I just got better. But it, it was just more like, it was more of a, the more you make, the better you get type of thing. And at that time, I think I heard a phrase where it was like 10,000 hours, put in 10,000 hours or something like that, or 1,000 hours. It was either a thousand hours or ten thousand hours. I've heard. I think. I think. I've heard the ten thousand hour thing before. Ten thousand hours. I've okay. definitely heard that before. No, it's definitely a ten thousand hour thing, because like each beat that I make, like I would get better and better with ins- instrument choice, and and melody patterns and things of that nature. Um. Yeah, that was like that. That was helping build up to to now, for. So what, what were your beats sounding like then compared to when you started dropping music? I remember one of the first beats I made, it was the cheap, the, the, the kick sounded cheap and I used the violin. It was like, dun, 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 like, it was something like that. Yeah. But it was, uh, it sounded very like cheap for real. Hold on, I think I gotta kill the fucking bro. <laughs> you good? That's crazy. How the fuck they get in the house? You said what? So this bug got in the fucking house. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm in the south. We in the Carolinas. You got all sorts of weird shit. Yeah. Find your way into your house, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we got all sorts of weird, crazy bugs and shit down here in the south. It's all fucking humid and shit. Mm-hmm. You grew up not you grew up not too far far from here. You grew up in, in DC, yeah. right? What was it like? Kind of. I grew up in P- Prince George's County, Maryland, PG County. Oh, it's right. right outside of DC. Like, whenever I say I'm from Maryland, people like think of Baltimore, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. different different atmosphere up there. So yeah. like, it was uh, PG County, Maryland, which is like northeast of uh, DC, and just growing up there, it was like. I guess it was like typical and shit. Like, I wasn't really fitting in and shit. Um, yeah, I was just like, it didn't take long to knew to know that I was the outsider. It yeah. didn't take long for me to notice that I was the outlier and the outsider. And like, at first, I wanted to badly fit in and shit. Not by, not in terms of like clothing and shit like that, but in terms of social behavior yeah i just feel that be normal with like being social and shit like that no and, i feel that 100 like, percent. yeah so it was a lot of that i was definitely i was definitely you know kind of the same way i think i felt kind of started to feel that shit around like middle school yeah you know what i mean i just kind of feel like okay i'm not exactly like i'm not like you know what i mean it's not like i'm not cool with nobody but i'm not yeah. really cool cool with everybody you know what i'm saying like yeah. i'm cool with people but you know i'm not really you know buddy buddy with with everybody you feel yeah. so yeah. what was it kind of like how did you kind of deal with that um shit this is where it was like very straight edge because i really wasn't fucking with any type of drugs and shit so how I dealt with it was mainly through making beats and stuff. I use that as my outlet because if I try to play games on my old computer, that shit would not work because I I didn't have the latest graphics cards, none of that shit. So it was just like 
um, it was like some oldish technology and shit like that. It just wasn't up to speed with the games I wanted to play. So I just used the, the beats as an outlet, really, before the rap. And then, like, I would start writing raps in class and shit like that. But they were all crazy and, like, very horrorcore and shit like that. So it was just a lot of that. But mainly through beats and um, different types of art, maybe an art project would come. And then I express myself through that. So it does. But it was really production. You said what? But it was definitely production. That definitely production. Me. Were you kind of were you sharing your music with anybody at that time, or were you just kind of keeping it to yourself? Um, I remember, eighth, yeah, eighth grade. Like I was, I don't usually sit in the back of the bus like this, so I was like one of those kids that either sat in front or the middle. But like one day, I just decided to go in the back of the bus and then show the other kids my beats and shit. And then they were like, oh yeah, I'm fucking with this, that's crazy. And so like, that was that was good because I was like, okay, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. This is like, yeah, I'm going somewhere, yeah. It's kind of like reassuring. Yeah, yeah, reassuring, yeah. So like when, when did you start to kind of like, because you started making beats, then you slowly started rapping on your beats and slowly started dropping your own music. When when did you when were you like, what was it like dropping your first song? From making beats, now you're like, all right, now I'm about to drop, I'm about to drop a legitimate track. What was that kind of like? Were you taking yourself seriously too at that point? Uh, not a hundred percent, but I say sixty percent at least. Yeah. So I remember, I literally remember like where I wrote my rap. It was like somewhere out in the living room and um I was writing to that. I made the beat and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna use this beat to rap on it. And I was writing and I think I recorded on my phone to to get the vocals on there. Something like that. And um I was just I was just fucking around and shit, but I was trying to be very serious too. So it just kind of landed on some self-deprecating shit, but not too much of that. Yeah. It was just more like, oh yeah, this is who I am. Like, I'm that guy. It was, the song was called, Oh, That Guy. Oh, That Guy. <laughs> oh, That Guy, yeah. Is that, shit, is that shit still out or you got that shit like off the internet right now? Uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's on the internet and that's what I plan to do. I plan to release my older catalog to stream services like uh, yeah so um yeah yeah but all right so you're dropping this first song recording vocals on your phone when did when did you start to see kind of success in the music like when did when did you start to get plays and when did you start to kind of build your fan base and you were kind of like all right this is actually gonna work I feel like it's the it hardest point. It was definitely 2013, 2014. And because uh, the first song I wrote, that was November of 2012. And then the next year rolled around and I was listening to uh, Joey Badass and them. So I wanted to get my lyrics on point like them and like started doing my thing. And then I started doing more of my own style. 
later in 2014. So 2014 was that year where I really stylistically chose a different route and doing it like that. Um, I saw good reviews on the music. Like I saw a lot of support because I was using the same YouTube channel as I was posting beats as my uh, raps. So I would just use that channel and I would get a lot of good responses and stuff like that. So I feel like that encouraged me to go forward and stuff. And uh, 2014, I released Lord Makovich. And uh, that was like the first project or a couple ones before that, a couple ones before that, a couple ones before that, probably Frigid. Probably frigid, yeah, yeah, frigid. And then I kept going and kept going. Then I was using SoundCloud, but I was using Facebook, YouTube, and uh, SoundCloud collectively and SoundClick, but less SoundClick around the time I really went forward with the rapping. Yeah, so. So like you already had kind of like a following for the beats. Yes, it was very minimal, but they were there. They were there. Yeah. It wasn't a lot, but they were there. You get you get this following for your beats. You you were just, because I, mean, I know around around this time, like there wasn't like a shit ton of producers or selling beats like there is now. So right. was, was it kind of you were just posting shit online and eventually people would find it and like, yes, yeah. you know, start listening and subscribe, tune in. So yeah. you were able to kind of leverage that following to get people turned on to your to your music yeah we're using the same we're using the same name same artist name as your beat name are you beat uh, name? at that time yes at uh, this was uh 2013 2014 yes yeah so when did when did the name because i know you we you had a name change um mm-hmm. so when did where the name landfill when did that kind of fit in there because i'm just finding out about that you are landfill which is like oh shit that's kind of crazy actually i thought these were two different people like um when did the whole landfill thing kind of kind of come in that definitely came in when i changed my name to syringe Mm -hmm. because i made i wrote ah i couldn't find it but i had a whole notepad and i wrote a page in there called project trash van syringe which i was going to change my name to it was going to be trash van syringe and I had wrote out a plan for what I was going to do with that name and all that stuff. And then I was like, I'm going to split my branding in two. I'm going to split the artist and have the artist name and then the producer had the producer name. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah, I mean, I, that makes sense, though. Yeah. That makes sense. So, I mean, I don't want to go too much into it because I feel like you've had to talk about it a million times since then. Um mm-hmm. But the catalyst for the with the whole missing thing, the catalyst for the name change, because the name change came after that. Um, what exactly was the catalyst? Because you went through all that, you know, most fans who are aware with you will know. Mm-hmm. You went through all that that whole time period in and out of the hospitals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then after that you changed your name and then you dropped Netgear, I think, right? Yes. Um yeah. so what kind of was the catalyst for that that name change? There were definitely a few things. So firstly was the fact that I named myself Syringe. So with that, I would expect people to think that I would 
be on some hard drug use shit, like mm -hmm. something like that. The second thing was the fact that I felt super amped the fuck up. I was like super amped up, like doing crazy ass shit then. So that was the second thing. The third thing was just the fact that I felt like the name ran me. I didn't run the name. So it was just like the spirit of this alias is just full of chaos and chaotic energy and shit like that. And it got to a point where I could not contain it anymore. It was just leaking out of everything that I was doing. So that brought, that led me to a mental hospital and, and, and in there, my goal was to rehabilitate myself through their re rehabilitation through them. So I was really studying, because I don't know if every mental hospital does this. This is very different across the country. If somebody's meant in a mental hospital, it probably isn't the same as another mental hospital. This one that I was in, the first one I was in, uh, there were sheets of paper talking about um, self-care, um, how to conduct yourself, or it, was, it, it probably wasn't how to conduct yourself, but it was probably uh, help. It was like tips on how to live more uh, independently from substance abuse or something like that. Because mm. I was smoking a lot of weed and uh, I got I got spiked one time and that shit drove me through the roof. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that fucked me up. So I was in the mental hospital for that. And in there, I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of the syringe shit. Like a metal band had it before, probably give it to another metal band or some shit. It'll probably fit them better. So I was just like, oh, I'm I'm fucking done. And like I wrote in the notebook. Like my name is changing on July 6th, 2017, something like that, yeah. And that was when I was in the second mental hospital. So in the second mental hospital, that's where I changed my name because when I left the first hospital, um, I don't know if you know Kyle Slow, but Kyle Slow was supposed to uh, take me to the airport so that I could return home to uh, Maryland and uh, I I fucked up and I turned off his alarms <laughs> because I kept waking up to each one and finally woke up and he was like, what the fuck, dude, we're late. And then went, he drove me to the airport and then in the airport, I panicked the fuck out. And then I went through an emergency exit onto the tarmac and that, that mm -hmm. fucked me up. And then I had this whole thing where I was faking accents just to not getting too much trouble. Like I would fake an accent. Like I didn't understand what I was doing and shit like that. And that really helped me. So, and, and, and there, when they sent me to the second mental hospital, that's when I was like, okay, this syringe shit is taking over me essentially. It was just Yeah, it doesn't feel like you. Yeah, it doesn't feel like me at all. It felt like it was me, but it felt like a strong presence like right beside me. So it was just like moving when I moved and shit like that. So I wanted that. I wanted that shit severed. I wanted that shit severed. Yeah. So that's what I, that's when I changed the name for real. Do you feel like 
that period when you was in and out of the mental hospital, do you feel like that was important? You know, your state of being like where you're at now in life? Because I, I myself, and you know, I'm not even ashamed to talk about it. I talk about it with a lot of people. I went through therapy last summer and stuff, you know, got sober, you know, off some shit, like got my mental health straight. And it was like, it was like the best thing I ever did for myself. You know what I mean? You just feel so much better. And even weed, a lot of people don't want to admit it, but when you're going through some stuff, you know, the weed is one of the things you got to kind of take a step back on. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't want to admit it. A lot of people are like, nah, it's not affecting me. Like, yes, it is. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. So how how do you feel like that was instrumental to you now? Um, it It just taught me a lot of things that I didn't really know. And then the second mental hospital, they taught me about boundaries and I never learned some shit like that before. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to lie. I am a very like generous spirit and shit, but that shit got to be contained to the max. Cause like, that's how people can spin me around and shit like that. You take advantage of that shit. Yeah. So like when they taught me about boundaries, I was like, damn, I'm here for this shit. And then I was like, damn, I'm actually here for this shit. Like, I need to learn this. That's crazy. Like, and then I took that and tried to apply it through what I was doing. And I don't have the folders anymore. I wish I did. They're probably somewhere. But but yeah, like I go back to some of those. I, I, I went back to a couple of those folders from those mental hospitals. And then I reread what I was given and all that stuff. And it was like uh it was teaching it was teaching us how to cope with uh a spike in mania or something like that. And uh it had like a list of things to do to calm yourself down or recenter yourself. So that, that really helped. And I felt like I needed that. Now, the last time I went to the mental hospital was over a year ago. So it was like the last week of May, 2020. Now that situation happened because I was just off my rocket and I was Mm -hmm. just like circling the place. And then they were like, okay, you can't do this. Like, you either go to the hospital or you're going to jail. So it was like, fuck. So the hospital showed up and I was like, all right, I'm in. And that 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 time, it really felt redundant because it was like, before then, it was like January 2020. And January, I was off my shit because there were so many things happening that stressed me the fuck out. And I was stressing other people out. So that shit was like, yeah. But mm-hmm. the most recent time I went, I really feel like that shouldn't have went down that way because I just bought equipment. I was just about to work on myself some more. And that just took time away. And um, now I'm just like, mm-hmm. I've been dealing with it by med- medication, moderate moderate the how much I smoke. and Because it, it's really a smoking thing. It's not really a drinking thing with me. It's just, it's just, it's fucked up like that, but I just got to moderate it. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like smoking too much kind of gives you the, you, it, at the same time, weed affects everybody differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it fogs me out. And like, it got to a point where um, I was smoking cigarettes early in the morning. And then when I stopped doing cigarettes, it went to weed in the morning. And then that shit bogged me the fuck down. And I just needed to have it level. So now I try to smoke in the evening or at night when I'm about to sleep so that I don't have that bogged down feeling during the day because I have a 
lot of projects to work on, like financial projects, mental projects, art projects, music projects, and all these different things, like business projects and all these mm-hmm. different things. Because I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying my best not to make everything sound like work because there's always work to do. Yeah. So instead of work, and it's like, okay, this is a project. So it's just like, help doing that. That's a good way to look at it. Eases shit too. It, it eases yeah. the shit. Doesn't feel like, stressful. Yeah. And then when I'm smoking, like, I have trouble grasping a thought or re grasping a thought. And then that, that really affected me too. So I was like, oh shit, I got like chill with this. So, yeah. What's your advice to like people who are de- struggling with mental health? Especially because mental health is such a prominent subject now, which yeah. I'm glad it is. I'm glad it is. There's it is a too. lot of light on a lot of stuff, especially like as men, you know what I mean? We're so taught to like not talk about it. And just right. you know, stop being stop being a, a little girl or stop being a pussy, you know what I mean? Type shit. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Like, what's your advice to anybody that's really dealing with that that mental health shit? Uh, for those that are dealing with something extreme, I would recommend that they seek a professional right away. Um, for those that are just going through the ups and downs. Um, try to pay attention to what you're doing and see if the things you're doing are contributing to your, your, your mental state or something like that. And um, for some people, they might need to change their diet and things like that, like eat better foods and like cut out the sugar. Everybody Definitely. with some type of mental illness or mental struggle should stop eating sugar because that shit really wires us and then it dewires the fuck out of our body. Yeah. Nah, that's facts, bro. Like I'm so glad you brought the diet thing. Because yeah. like that, talk- that does it too. It huge bro because I was talking to my fucking dad a couple of weeks ago. Um and this was after like a long trip. I went up the East Coast, um, drove back. I'm from New Hampshire. When okay. my family back there, stopped in Pennsylvania, saw some people, stopped a few places, you know what I mean? So it was like a two-week trip. And you know how it is on the road and shit, like, you don't you don't watch your diet all the time and stuff like that. Right. It's kind of hard to, you know, I'm going to go eat a nice, healthy breakfast, you know what I mean, when I got to go drive and go do this in A, B, and C. So, like, after I got back from that trip, I was talking to my dad, and I'm like, you know, I've been kind of down the past couple of weeks. He's like, what's got you down? I'll be like, I'm gonna be real. It's, I think it's gotta be eating like shit the past two weeks. Mm. You know what I mean? I'll be eating fast food, fucking steak and cheese subs, like just bullshit. You know what I mean? And it's like changing my diet. When I vote, I started eating healthy again and started to feel better. But I changed my diet like along when I started to do therapy. Like I stopped drinking, I stopped smoking, started smoking again moderately once I felt better. Mm-hmm. But like. I really noticed, like, instead of waking up and cooking fucking eggs and bacon and fucking cereal for breakfast, I had, like, a grapefruit, a kiwi, and some fucking cucumbers as, like, mm-hmm. my breakfast every morning for, like, two months. Some fucking spring water and shit. It's just, like, it helps so fucking much. Like, it's almost yeah. one of the biggest components to, like, just feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. So that you are what you eat shit is, like, is real. Yeah. Like, all the way. Yeah. You no know, games about that. That shit. Definitely. Yeah. A lot of people just, I don't know. A lot of processed fucking food. It's fucked up. 
America. Yeah. We got things that are legal over here that ain't even legal in other countries, like putting food and shit. Like, we're so fucked up, bro. Right. And it's cheaper. The, the bad shit's cheaper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's, uh, that's not fucking... You can get, like, a like a two-liter Coca-Cola or some cola or some shit for, like, what, 99 cent? But, you know, water is a lot more expensive. It's like you know a saying? buck, two bucks. Yeah. yeah. That's what Three I'm saying. Bucks. It's yeah. all awesome. yeah. But you, you just said um, working on other projects and shit. Like you said, you got business projects, uh, art projects. What else are you working on, like, outside of music? Ooh, uh, outside of music, my artwork, my artworks and stuff. Not graphic design, but more more artworks. It would be nice to get into graphic design because I feel like I probably need to pick up a skill that would pay me or something like that. Because like it's I'm I'm at a point where I'm making a good living off my music. But the fact that the checks come in every month is like fucking me over. So it's like yeah, you gotta wait. I always have to find another stream to do, and that's that's one thing that I want people to take away from this is that like you can make a living off of music, but music can't be the only thing that's feeding you. Because once you have a bad month, your shit is rocked. Your shit is rocked for the next two months, and then it's like mm-hmm. it just repeats itself. And, and then you know, and then you. And then the next year happens, and it's like, oh, shit. Oh, man, that check wasn't right for the end of the year. And it's like, nah, nah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, especially people getting into music, because mm-hmm. I'm a producer, too, so I'll be getting streaming checks every month, too. So, mm-hmm. like, I feel like a lot of people have a huge misconception as to what artists are actually making. Right. A lot of people think artists and musicians are a lot wealthier than they actually are. You know what I mean? Exactly. Especially getting into it, especially you got newer up-and-coming artists. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I just got X amount of bread. You know what I mean? This is cool. And then they got a bills, taxes, you know what I mean? Everything mm-hmm. else. They like move out of their parents' house. Don't like, tax ain't a joke. Don't tax it ain't a joke. Like, <laughs> you got to pay Uncle Sam. He will get his money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's always good to, yeah, obviously diversify and stuff like that. So I yeah. think a lot of people under the misconception that artists are way, way more wealthier than they are. Right, right. So, but no, it's like, it's cool because like, even off music, you got multiple streams of income. You got the producer shit. You got yeah. the, you know what I mean? You got yeah. your own, your own music. So it, it'd be, it's mad. Do you, do you release art now? Because I've never seen any like your art. Um, I put a lot of my art on merch and um okay well like, now i'm about to release like a new i guess collection and shit but it's only like seven products right now um and then i'll release that as merch but i also do prints and stuff like that if they want to support the art directly yeah but I, I i don't really expect a lot of people to buy prints i don't know so i haven't put anything out yet but i probably will this week so there's there's that um yeah like I thought about doing art for people, but I was like, no, nah, my art's not there yet, but it'll, it'll get there. It'll get yeah. There. But at the same time, in the art world, it's probably as brutal as the music world, so it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Do you fuck, is there any artists that you fuck with, like, heavy? They're, like, not, like, music <laughs> artists, just, like, art artists. Basquiat is one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
uh, uh, MC Rye from Death Grips. He got some good ass art. Mm-hmm. Like his art is spectacular. Like this, this man be painting. <laughs> I'm the peep. I'm familiar with MC Rye. I'm familiar with Death Grips. So I didn't know he did art like that. So I'm oh, yeah. that for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> Trying to think of another artist. Uh, Marcy May. Marcy May. Marcy May. Yeah. Um. Shoot. Yeah. That's all I could name for right now. But um. Yeah, like when there when there's a good uh, oh dirty butt from uh yeah proof yeah where's uh where's the fucking signature we got a dirty butt head right here boom hey on my table hey that's what's up yeah dirty butt was one of my first one of my first interviews that's what's up um yeah. yeah. Grew up not far from, not far from where I'm at now. He lives in LA right now, but okay, okay. Um, yeah, shout to Dirty. He's one of my first people I met yeah. when I moved here. Yeah, and Marcy. I've seen what he's doing, Marcy man too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking um, Mozzie, who I brought up earlier, mm-hmm. Mozzie with a push start, who really liked your music and stuff like that. It's Dirty's man. They live together. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's how like. I don't know, just being around a lot of the stuff, I'm like, yeah, I can see how, like, your music low-key kind of, especially when you came out so early compared to these guys. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. What was it like, too? Because you did kind of start to pop, not pop off, but you were releasing music pretty early. What was, the, what was the landscape like now, or like back then, as far as promoting your music as an artist compared to what it is now? Because now it's like Instagram, TikTok starting to become a thing. Be heavy on socials. Before it was like, make sure you uploading beats. You know what I mean? Get some good shit on YouTube, Facebook, yeah. MySpace. You know what I'm saying? Like, how how is it? How do you feel like it was different back then compared to what it is now? Do you feel like it's easier now? I feel like for back then, it was less to do at the time because there were less tools and stuff like that, or different tools that had uh, uh, an environment of their own. And I think that was the most important thing for back then is the environment in which you're putting out stuff. Like for example, MySpace and SoundClick and uh, early YouTube. Um, And then uh, later it just became like SoundCloud and um, Spotify and these these other platforms. And for now, I feel like right now it is, I would say it's easier if you have a budget for like ad spend or something like that. Uh, it's, it's easier if you have a budget for ad spend because you can take your song from zero to 10K or zero to 200K with enough uh, market research or research in the market and with some, with some, with some bread for sure. Yeah. You but, pay attention? Uh, and if they and if they don't have money for ad spend, just utilize the free platforms like TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I'm trying to think of another place. Man, Tumblr back then too. Yeah, Tumblr. Yeah, Tum- I forgot about Tumblr too. Heike forgot about Tumblr. Damn. It was good. Tumblr, yeah, Tumblr was influential for a lot. I fucking that's how the I don't like you video got a million 
Soft Tumblr? I believe. I believe so because I had a whole Tumblr rig. Like, mm. I had accounts on accounts. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just use the fuck out of them. Yeah. It great. Damn. It great. And nice. I remember just seeing the re the reblogs come in mm-hmm. whenever I posted the I don't like you video that like I just posted it and then I kept reblogging reblogging it and I I used to shuffle shit put it in the queue and then have it drip feed have a drip feed so yeah. that was the method for the that was the Tumblr method. <laughs> Damn, so many yeah. yeah, so many different methods promoting your music, especially back then, where it was like mm-hmm. I feel like we were just getting into like the internet age. You know what I mean? We had just started to come out of the the early twenty tens ish. We're approaching the mid yeah, it's kinda of still early twenty tens, I guess. The Dat Piff era is really fucking really thriving, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's on the whole mixtapes. I was going on Dap if every day after school, trying to see what the fuck was up. Mm. Like, who was dropping new shit. So it's kind of like, I, I guess after that, the true internet age kind of gets started. There was just like so many different ways to start fucking promoting shit. Like you just said, the Tumblr method. Fucking yeah. Facebook groups. I know, uh, yeah. you know Baby Goyard is? Baby Goyard, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah uh, he's from North Carolina. We did an interview last year. We were talking and he was like, bro, I was just making anime rap. <laughs> That's how he described it. I was making anime rap. <laughs> and just putting that shit in Facebook groups. That's how I blew up. Just hella, just, I was in hella Facebook groups. And just dropping that shit in like anime and aesthetic groups. Like my songs. Yeah. That's and that's the free method, up. people. If you want to do that, it's the free method, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but what is, what is, what is ad spin? For people who don't know. Ad spin is like uh, advertising dollars or... The money you're spending in marketing or uh, it's the money that you use to use for promotions and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You a lot of, do you do a lot of research as far as like market research goes and how to promote your music or do you just kind of drop it at this point? Yeah, but whenever people hear market research, like they, they might think it's something bigger than it is. All it is is just looking through or, or just like going well, if you're in Facebook, you can go into audience manager and type in a few keywords and things like that. And then you see different pages that are related to it and just seeing what's related to what. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Shit. And that's probably, if you do got bread to spend on your music, that's probably hella important now because it's kind of like, we're talking back then, like, when it was kind of floating from the mixtape era to, like, the SoundCloud era type shit. Yeah. There wasn't a huge amount of artists really doing... I'd say compared to now, mm-hmm. there wasn't a, there wasn't as nearly as many people trying to get in. So I feel like maybe right. you were a little more likely to get noticed if you were one of the first people really putting music out on right. the platform type deal. Exactly. So especially, like, if you got bread now, it's probably, like one of the shit one of the best ways to to stand out try to get advertisements and try to you know fuck with the algorithm somehow mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah it's just i don't know it's gonna be i feel like music is in like kind of a weird space right now like it doesn't really know what the fuck it wants to do like it's yeah. like the music scene it's kind of like so spread out and so sporadic right now it's just such a weird like i don't even know what how to describe the era we're in Right. Just, I don't know. It's just so fucking weird. 
It's not even a question. I'm just kind of like a. <laughs> but um, what is how would you describe anti world? What is anti world? Anti world is um, it is like it's probably just like an amalgamation of just different environments that just don't equate to the regular world or something like that. Like, I used to have a, a clear definition of anti-world, but now it is like, it's just like, uh, it feels like space. Like there's the, there's earth and then there's space. And I feel like we're just that space, you know? Yeah. And like, we, we had trial and error too with like members and things of that nature, but like, it's just, it's just like the opposite, opposite of the world or something like that. But now that might sound, that might conflict with the the sound that I'm trying to do because that's more like grounded and more to the earth and stuff like that, more natural. I mean, but like less unnatural than natural and stuff like that. So who knows? The definition might change even then. So I guess it kind of just as far as your new music now you, you're saying ground i think it just kind of signifies growth as a person you know right. what i mean kind of looking back on years ago when we, what we were just talking about with you know you know mental struggles and things like that you kind of like you can kind of hear how your music is kind of like like we talked about earlier earlier maturity you know what i mean you yeah. can talk you can kind of hear now how it's like with shit like the mill anti-world too it's more grounded you yeah. know what i mean you can kind of hear that so I think it's just growth at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Not, not everything, I guess, kind of has to say the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I tried, you know. You can only explain so much to a certain demographic or not even demographic, certain portion of the audience that, like, that wants to retain all the rawness that once was and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. So you're beast. Because, like, bro, like, like I said, I heard about cyber and landfill is two separate people so like your beats how how are you getting beats out of the people like now especially over the past few years people hit you up a lot for beats like your artists hit you up or do you just kind of reach out like hey I fuck with your music as a pack i i used to reach out but like as i was producing more music for myself the less people i hit up and stuff like that but now i'm trying to like give give back you know, like just give more and stuff like that. Um, uh, I was just, I just want to have my beats like circulating too, like circulating behind songs and stuff like that. And, and I want people to use beats. And um, with my production, like I had, I kind of had a struggle with it too because like I would make something and I wouldn't want to get on it. And I, I want to get on it. And then it, it just became a thing where it's like, no, like, if this is for me, this is for me. If this is for everyone else, this is for everyone else. So mm -hmm. now I'm dissecting and splitting that. So I made a whole folder called My Beats like two days ago. And just doing it that way. So that way I have my beats and then the beats that I'm trying to sell or give to people or something like that. Yeah. But there's definitely a few people that I'm looking to send beats to as well. You know, they, they, the people, the people watching probably will, will will guess like some some artists that I've been trying to talk to or something like that. But 
they they might they might uh not get it <laughs> they might not get the answer right because like i'm looking at certain people to to get my beats to and stuff like that so you just kind of keep that under wraps for now yeah yeah so can you say okay. like beat beat wise all right we'll, we'll move on from that but music wise can you say who you who you want to work with or who you looking to work with music work music wise for sure like uh it's funny because whenever Night Lavelle joins my live. Everybody's like, oh shit, Night Lavelle joined the live. And I'm like, bro. Definitely trying to work something with him. I'm trying to get interview him so bad, bro. I've been trying. Yeah. I'm really trying. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, next one will be Zilla Kami, because uh, I know oh, there was this thing where his song Chains was usually was originally on my beat. But then he just scrapped really? it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Damn, I had no, I had no clue about that. That's nuts. Yeah. Damn. But um, with with that, I want to make something fresh. You know, just want to make something fresh because I I just I probably just didn't want that beat out, right? Like that. I didn't want that beat out like that. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Uh, I would say, hmm, interesting. Uh, BB Nomula. That would be and that would be an interesting one. That would be really yeah. interesting. I could I'm see it though. It like makes sense. Like, yeah, like it would be interesting. Because because one thing that I have to deal with is people uh, just choosing people for me or some shit like that. Or like, oh yeah, y'all sound good together. But I'm yeah. trying to go for some like you wouldn't expect this mm -hmm. type shit. Yeah. Nah. I feel Who knows? It. Who knows? BB Rexa or some shit. Hey. Yeah. Bibi no Mula though, like, like it's different and it's out there, but at the same time, it like makes sense. That's a, that's such a good collaboration. I could see that shit. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Um. Just trying to branch out. Yeah. No, nah, I feel like that's what you gotta do now. You can't. You can't. Like the industry, the the landscape of music changes so fast now that yeah. it's like you gotta keep up, like yeah. consistently dropping and releasing you're pretty consistent as far as releases go too now anti-world was the first like, big best. project we got this year but like you know i'm pretty sure 2020 you dropped more than one project right huh and like, i'm pretty sure 2020 you dropped more than one project right and then kind of years before then you kind of tended to drop a few yeah. multiple projects in a year but, like you're pretty yeah. consistent um yeah. with music so like what is how often do you record do you write or is it kind of like when just when you're feeling it um it used to be it really really used to be when i was feeling it now it comes from a place where do i have the time to do it and it's not like i don't have the time to do it because everybody gets 24 so like it, it it just became a time management thing like is this going to is this it, first question will probably be like would this be on a project or is this leading up to a project or is this am i experimenting with such sound or uh it's just different questions i ask myself as i'm doing it so that way it was like that but i really record like at minimum once a week or so like that yeah and most weeks I don't really record that much. So it'd be like one once a week, every other week or every other two weeks or something like that. 
No, no, no. Every other week. Yeah, every other week. So what's, that way it's more often. What's the process behind uh, crafting a song like for you? That's the thing. Okay, with Trap, it's very more, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And then with the other stuff that I'm working on, it just flows differently because I might think of a line and then I might think of something that makes sense to follow up with, which I would try to do with rap, but it wouldn't turn out that well. So I would just, um, I would just listen to the beat a couple times or just, just, just record myself in a voice memo or something like that and have that be a riff or something like that. And, uh, It's just like painting, but I want to paint words and stuff like that. Cause like writing is like, okay, I'm writing. But if I'm like painting it, then it's like, okay, this goes over here, that goes down there. Let me, let me edit this layer and stuff like that. So that's how I go about the recording process. There could be, so it could be either or. Do you like, mm -hmm. do you like, do you punch in more or do you write? Do I punch and record? Yeah, with a punch in when you record it, do you actually like write your songs? I know hella people like they just like I don't write anymore, bro. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? And shit. I'm like, I feel like there's hella advantages both. For me, I feel like I have to write because yeah. I'm tired of my lyrics getting wrong and shit like that. Like like it I'm just tired of them being wrong and shit. And I gotta be quicker with getting the lyrics on like Bandcamp at least or something like that. Band cap at least, you know, so that way they know what's up with the words and everything. So there's that. And I don't know, I just like writing because whenever I freestyle, it's uncontained. I might say some clever shit, but forget it. Or I say some clever shit and retain it and then write that down and then follow up with something that's kind of like not as strong or something like that. So it's it's just a juggling it's a juggling thing with with uh freestyling and stuff like that but with writing it's more assured it's more contained yeah it's more it's more grounded i'm i'm all trying to be grounded and stuff like that because i had my days where they were just like wild as fucking all that shit now it's starting to be more grounded there will be times where shit might get wild but i wanted to get wild in the music i want to get not wild in real life or mentally or something like that where i have to sit in the mental hospital again or some shit like that i was like no you feel like that's a product of uh just getting older because yeah. like, we're the same age and i've yeah. kind of noticed the same shit like lately like this yeah. it's like bro i just don't want to wild yeah. out no more I just it, it probably is, a little bit it probably is that yeah <laughs> you know right. what i mean yeah but like i still want to like you you saying you want to have wild experiences in the music i'm kind of like the same way like i'll get invited to a party and i'm like friends yeah i don't want to go <laughs> you know I what i mean like parties in general that much you know like i'd rather just chill with a dog you know what i mean smoke watch an anime or some shit yeah know. like i like i'd be cool i'd be down to hang with like people if it's like an event or like some house or some shit but a party type yeah. shit it's just it's, the environment is different now it's just yeah. it's, it's flipped so it's like nah no thanks i'm not trying to do that no, i feel you 100 percent, bro yeah shit we've been talking for probably a little over an hour now but mm -hmm. uh 
Yeah, that was pretty much like all the questions I had off the rip for you. Um, yeah. Shit, anything else you want to add? Anybody listening or? Yes. Uh, to those listening, um, uh, just trust your own process because I'm really starting to trust mine because like I didn't expect uh, a good response from Anti-World 2 at all. I did not expect, did not expect, did not expect. I thought it was just going to be where's the, not even where's the rage, but where's the emotion or something like that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I gave emotion on this joint too. But it's like, it's it's wrapped up in a different package. Yeah. Um, I also want to say invest in ETFs because them shits, you, you won't get fucked like if you just invest in an individual stock or something like that. Yeah, shit. I've been getting telling people on invest in money too. It's yeah. important. There's about to be a huge, huge shift in wealth. Yeah. From the rich to poor people who have figured out what the fuck they're doing. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, man. So, yeah, people got to get hit. Stocks, fucking business shit, anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one question I wanted to ask you. Just re-entered my brain. What was that? And I got to fuck with the Excel spreadsheet. Just start doing spreadsheets because... You'll track everything a lot better. Having shit, having shit organized is hella important, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've been starting to get into crypto mining a little bit or look into that. Mm-hmm. Extra way to make money and shit. But, um, yeah, so you've kind of seen, as far as you being an active artist, you've kind of been involved in, like, two eras. You were highly involved in the early SoundCloud scene. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you're still an active artist and highly involved in whatever – this era we're in now ends up getting dubbed five years from now. Because- Exa- oh, <laughs> oh, bro. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just waiting for it. I'm just waiting for it. Right. Like, um, how do you how do you feel about the current state of music? I like that it has no name yet. <laughs> yeah, it has no name yet. Because it feels more, it feels more, because once it has a name, then people will gravitate, and then you got the people that will plan yeah. to take over that shit and all that shit. But, like, yeah, it's it's more free. It's more free. People get to do what they do. And, like, sounds are, like, each sound, each genre itself is elevating in itself. Like, rap is still elevating in itself. Pop is still elevating it. Hyper pop is still elevating itself. Funk is elevating itself. Like synthwave, all that shit, mm-hmm. you know. So it's still evolving within itself. It's just it just depends on how to go about it and studying, 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 studying. I know people study me. That's why they they at where they at and stuff like that. So just study. Yeah, I know how people will study you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what names while we're recording, mm-hmm. but let's because I don't want to. I don't want to fuck it up and have someone be like, "No, I actually wasn't." But <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Right, or trying right. to say some other right. shit, right? But no, nah, I personally know a hell of people who were fucking influenced by you, bro. I'll, I'll I'll talk about it more after I turn the recording off and shit like that. But um, I kind of like how everything is being made now. Yeah. 
know what I mean? Like, I hate people who are like, this, this era of music sucks. They just skinny jeans and mumbling and colored hair and face tattoos. I'm like, bro, you the type of dude who turned on the radio, heard one Playboy Cardi song. It was like, the whole generation sucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can even dive in, figure out what the fuck's out there. Because everything's be you could, bro, I'm sure, I'm sure as hell there's still like 80s style rock being made somewhere. I just don't know. Yeah, what yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If I look hard enough, you find it. Punk's yeah. starting to make a huge comeback. The 80s punk, punk, punk music. Oh, shit, yeah. That's what I'm thinking I'm really fucking with right now. Punk and emo rock music is really starting to make a comeback. Like that type of vibe and that type of sound. I'm fucking yeah. with Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> but... Yeah, man. Shit. I I really appreciate you getting this done with me, bro. I've been wanting to do this for a grip. And, you know, hopefully we can do it again sometime, you know, maybe before the end of the year or something, if you have some free time. I know shit's starting to reopen. I know you say you got a show coming up soon. So, yeah. I'm, bro, I'm so happy shows are back. So, so fucking happy, bro. Yeah. Like, I remember going to a show, like, a couple of months ago, and I'm like, bro, it's literally been a year and a half since I've been yeah. to a fucking show. And it feels like a fucking millennium. Yeah. yeah man um yeah again just just thank you again and um thank you guys all for tuning in this has been interview number 40 something i just stopped counting it'll be in the title though <laughs> um be sure <laughs> to follow us on ig be sure to hit up our website at KUO's classic official uh you know we do shows we do all the all artist content interviews all that stuff you fa- our, our fans know but um Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Peace. Peace.